Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. I am your host, Felicia DeRozier. My amazing co-host today, Cat Mariah Broom. And these guys happen to be my kids, which is really exciting. I have a special guest who is um, sitting in with us today, Caitlin. We may not hear from her today, but I just want you guys to know that she's here. And then we have an amazing guest, Allie Prince has joined us. Hello, hello. So exciting, Allie. It's good to see you. (laughs) Well, we not see you because you're across the country, but I'm glad to hear your beautiful voice. Um, So as our norm, we are going to, (laughs) as as per our norm, we're going to cut to commercial break first before we start to open the word, and then we will open in prayer. So hang on just a minute. Let's hear from some of our sponsors. We all know that times are tough. And things are really expensive right now, so why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the land. Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized. And their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, health care providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Did you know that every time you swipe your debit card, those behind-the-scenes transaction fees make the big banks even richer? In 2016 alone, these fees added up to $60 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Well, what if there was a way to have the convenience of a debit card, but reroute those fees from the banksters to organizations actually doing good in the world? Organizations that protect the environment or feed hungry children? What if your swipes could literally change the world? Well, Groundswell SPC has found a way to do just that. We've designed a Visa debit card program that shares transaction fees with your favorite cause. Groundswell partners with nonprofit organizations that promote the card to their supporters. Their supporters then use the card to power the mission of the nonprofit. It's a win-win-win for everyone, except the big banks, of course. Groundswell is about to launch its first cards into market, and we're inviting you to be part of this movement as an investor in the company. 
Go to WeFunder.com backslash Groundswell card to learn more. Set up a free WeFunder account and invest in Groundswell today and get your money on mission. All right, well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRosier, my amazing co-hosts and children. Mariah. Cross. And then we happen to have um, Caitlin hanging out with us today. I don't know that you'll hear her cute little voice, but she's pretty shy. Um, we have an amazing co-host with us today, Allie Prince. Mariah, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about Allie? Absolutely. <laughs> Allie Prince is a talented... <laughs> Allie Prince is talented and a courageous woman of God with a large family of practically nine other siblings. She is the most compassionate and caring heart I've ever met. Coming to Las Vegas in 2012, she was homeschooled and developed an incredible talent for writing with an incredible counters from the Lord and his gentle prompting. She applied to a writing program in Ohio called Kingdom Writers. There they have the incredible mission. I lost my place. There it is. Mission of rising up war- raising up warriors for the kingdom of light by training creative writers and media producers. She is currently becoming a writer and blogger, blazing the path of God's vision for her life and her readers. Her testimony is one of the many most powerful stories I personally have ever encountered, and I'm honored to have my very dearest friend on the show with you all today. I personally am one of the many of her biggest fans. I love her writing. She's super <laughs> talented, and what a cool last name, Prince. Oh, my goodness. And, and I think that we failed to mention, she already is actually. Now, let, let me just be clear, okay? We've got, we've got a, one of our younger guests on today, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Allie, how old are you? I'm 23. You're 23. You're already a published author, are you not? Uh, yes, I am, but I am published under a different pseudonym. So we'll we'll talk about that further later. But she is an amazing young woman to the point, yes, she is. That's why we wanted her here. Um, so <laughs> let's head to it. Let's go ahead and jump into our Bible study, and then we're going to hear more from Allie on the second segment of the show, okay? All right, so, uh, Lord God, we thank you so much for this opportunity, this opportunity to reach out to friends and to give them access to um, be able to share your glory and the things that you're doing in their life. Lord, um, I ask that your spirit rest upon us as we open up your word, and to every listener who may be able to hear this, Lord, that your Holy Spirit fill them and be present and share what it is that you want them to hear about um, the word as it's given to us today, Lord. I pray that you bless each of our hearts, and we all come with challenges. And today's one of those days where we're coming with some challenges, Lord, and I just pray that you guide this entire study, that your Holy Spirit prevail, that you move, that you do powerful works, and that you show up in every way, the way that you can, in Jesus' name, amen. Woo! All right, well, good morning. Let's start talking about our scripture verses today, and I just realized I need to hop off the Wi-Fi because sometimes that cuts off on us. So, uh, (laughs) during the show, so uh, we're going to start out with our scripture verses, which are actually the same scripture verses we used yesterday, but a new teaching completely different. Uh, So we're going to start out in Romans 8. So if you have your Bible, feel free to open it up to Romans 8, verses 9 through 17. And I'll read them out loud, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. 
You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who has raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Okay, so that's our our scripture verses for today that we're going to be kind of looking at. Um, As I was reading this, Ali, I thought it was really interesting because I think that when we start talking about adoption, you might have a thing or two to say about that um, because you have some experience in that area that I don't. So, um, right, right. So um, the, the whole thing that we want to talk about today is that when we receive the Holy Spirit, we don't just become slaves of God. We don't become the possession of God. We actually become God's children and co-heirs with Christ in all things, including things like his ministry, his suffering, and his glory. Now, this part of scripture always kind of trips me up because it seems like it was promising all sorts of wonderful things, and then it mentions that we are um, supposed to jointly suffer with Christ, and what does that even look like, okay? Um, So what exactly does it mean to be a co-heir? Um, Our newfound relationship with Christ should be absolutely revolutionary in in our lives. It should not be just like a get-out-of-jail-free card, like you pull it out in Monopoly, and you take the card, you stick it aside, and when the opportune moment comes and you're in trouble, you're like, ha, I have a free get-out-of-jail-free card, and I don't have to go to jail, right? And that's not what our relationship with Jesus looks like. Um, our life should exhibit new goals, new priorities, new activities that are based on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I just shout out my verses here, so I'm going to pull them back up because I want to specifically reference a couple of verses in here, uh, verses 16 and 17. I went one page too far. Sorry. Oh, Ryan's got it even better. Um, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But we, if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Okay, so um, the, it, it exhibits the oneness that we have with God. It's actually a really interesting verse when you start to look at the original languages um, because the words joint heirs, we suffer with him. Okay, this is how we're translating it, right? And we may be glorified together, have this beautiful parallel word structure 
each using a word soon as the first part of a compound word. And soon means um, to be together with or to join tightly. Uh, to give you an idea of what the word soon means in something that we can actually kind of understand, let's pull up Mark 10, 9, um, because that same word is used as a part of a compound word there. Um, do you have it pulled up? And keep, go ahead and read that verse for us. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Okay, and that's referring to marriage. Okay, so we understand the concept, although in America you might question whether or not we really understand the concept uh, because we have a pretty high divorce rate. Um, <laughs> but we do understand, <laughs> we understand the concept of being joined in marriage. Like think about being joined in marriage with somebody and then like one of the spouses just continues to live life as if they're not married. They go out on dates, they go on trips without telling their spouse. Um, they work all hours of the night, never notifying the other spouse when they might be home or when they might not. Um, they, uh, only, they, they only do something for the other spouse if they feel inclined to um, because they feel no obligation to the other spouse. How, how well do you think that that uh, marriage would work? Not very well. Yeah, no, not very good, right? As a matter of fact, let me put it this way, um, and we got a thumbs down from Caitlin. That was awesome. Thanks, kiddo. Um, <laughs> let, let's, put, let's put it this way. Could you imagine your marriage um, if every day the, uh, one spouse would go to work, come home, see the other spouse, and, and not feel obligated to say two words to the other person all day, ever, unless they felt like it? Like, this isn't really a, a marital relationship. Uh, we understand that when we get married, there's supposed to be this oneness, this oneness. Um, and let's talk about what oneness in marriage ought to look like. We understand that in our in our world, sometimes it's imperfect and doesn't look like this. But um, in what areas do you find that marital partners should be expressing oneness? When you make decisions? Yes. So you want a oneness of purpose, right? You're going to make decisions together, and you're going to have a, a forward-moving vision together. Yeah? Like the commercials when, like, um, that one spouse buys the other spouse a car, like how unrealistic <laughs> I am. They're, like, so happy about it. I yes. would freak out. Okay. So, okay. What happened to my other car? I traded. Right? No! Caitlin's referring to those Christmas commercials where um, – a spouse drives up um, or pulls out their spouse and there's a big bow on a car outside as if they didn't know anything about this purchase and they would actually be happy about it. Um, we make <laughs> joint decisions financially, right? <laughs> I personally would not be so pleased if you just went and traded my car without my knowledge. I might be upset about that. Um, how, how much is this costing us, dear? Right? <laughs> um we have a, a joint venture in a family, and sometimes uh, we're even taking on each other's businesses. If someone owns a personal business, a spouse may jump in and help and support that business in some way. Um, and so we understand this pulling together in the sense of marriage, and that same word that means to join together, okay, uh, is used three times when we're talking about being joint heirs, um, being joined in his suffering, and being joined in his glory. So we want to see what that kind of means. Um, it's that close association or joining together 
just like in marriage. <laughs> so back to the verse, we've got sun kweron almus, which means to closely identify with or be joined with an heir or an inheritance determined by lot. Okay, now remember back in the day, inheritance was determined by either birth order or by drawing lots, right? Casting lots. Um, but Jesus is the only heir. He's the only begotten son of God, right? Which means, what did he inherit, guys? Everything. Everything. He inherits everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, because he's the only heir, he inherits everything, which means that when we're joint heirs, we're not splitting everything between us and all the other Christians. We inherit everything. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Okay, so we're we're inheriting with Christ instead of inheriting as a partition from Christ. Um, then we've got sum pasco, which means closely identified with or joined with in affliction or being acted upon in either a good or bad way. So um, here's here's a unique concept that maybe we don't always go over. And that is that there are a ton of promises in the Bible, right? We know them all. But almost every promise in the Bible has a condition. Okay? So um, I, I will answer you, pray, right? If you turn from your evil ways and pray, I will answer you. If you don't turn from your evil ways or you don't pray, then what can we assume? Get We're probably not going to get answered. I mean, he might. God does that sometimes just to get our attention, right? Um, but generally speaking, every promise has a premise is what we would call that. And the premise here is to be joined closely or identified with his affliction of suffering. But it's not um, being acted upon us by God. It's being acted upon us by humans. Well, um, how do I know that? Well, Christ's suffering he suffered at the hands of man, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, God wasn't the one nailing him on a cross. It was the humans that were doing that, okay? Um, and then the next part is sundox adzo, which means uh, it emphasizes a close identity with the Lord in his glory and, cor- and correlates to our glorification at Christ's return. Um, I've got a couple of scripture references on this. So, uh, really quick. So basically you're saying that as co-heirs, we're going to suffer by man, not by God. And um, we will receive the same glory as Jesus did after he had risen. Right. Okay. Right. And and what's crazy about it is we think to ourselves, well, God is omniscient, omnipotent. He could stop anything at any time. I mean, he could. Okay. Like, let's be realistic, but he really values this whole free will thing. And if he, we can also assume that not all of our, our suffering is going to mm-hmm. end while we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Christ says that uh, while we're here, we will have trials and tribulations, but to take heart that he's overcome the world. Okay. So um, we have to, at some point, become, uh, start to gain a, an eternal perspective where we understand that the things that we face here are very temporary. That's not to say that God doesn't want to heal everyone. God doesn't want to rescue everyone. Um, What it is to say is that if we have the same sort of mindset to be on mission for God, we can um, 
if not understand, at least accept that sometimes that suffering um, that we go through will be purposeful and will be temporary here on earth. Um, so we'll, we'll go into that a little deeper as we go on. Um, so nobody likes suffering, right? Anybody here like suffering? No, no, Definitely no, that's not. not fun, right? <laughs> so um, I want to talk about this like like being about the family business, okay? Uh, and we actually have a, a picture in the Gospels in um, Luke. Uh, actually, I have it in my I actually have it in my notes. We don't have to look it up. Luke uh, two forty nine, uh, where Jesus talks about being about the family's business. Um, we're children of God and co-heirs with Christ. And while this is a good thing, it doesn't mean that we just hang around eating bonbons. That's not. There's like work. Um, let's say that you were the heir of I don't know, like Hilton Resorts, right? There's somebody who actually is the the heir. Her name is Paris. She's a little crazy, but but she can't just. <laughs> like go around for her entire life and eat bonbons and, you know, enjoy her life, there's work to be done, right? Somebody's got to manage this hotel mecca that her dad has um, built, right? And eventually she's going to be that person. Um, So I'm sure that part of her life involves um, being trained up in how to run the family business, um, learning how to manage things, right? Heirs don't just inherit title, wealth, and authority, but also property and business. What business is it that Jesus was about? The Lord's business. He is about the Lord's business. But what is that? I think a lot of times we spend a lot of time uh, thinking, well, what is what is God's um, will for me? And it's pretty clearly spelled out in the Bible. Maybe not your specific path and how you fulfill that will, but broadly we know what God wants us to do. If we look, um, I'm actually going to read from the New King James Version this time because I I felt that it was um, specifically worded in a way that that reminded me of this. Um, And uh, this is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? This is when Jesus is just a little boy, maybe uh, right around Cross's age, right? He was about 12. And um, they had made, their family had made a trip to Jerusalem, and when they left, they they had left with a very large caravan of people, and they didn't notice that Jesus wasn't with the group. And Jesus had stayed back, and he was hanging out at the temple and teaching and learning, and, and uh, they had to travel several days back in order to find him. Do you imagine getting on a road trip three days out, walking, and not noticing that your kid's not there? Just saying. I just lost God's kid. Right. This is like, I can't imagine the panic. Um, I'm going to get smited for sure for this. Oh, my goodness. And so he says, well, wouldn't you know that I would be about my father's business? Um, so if you could look up, uh, Mariah, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 19, um, this is uh, the Great Commission, and it's going to give us another hint about what God's business might be here. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these new dis- dis- teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so this is really cool because it demonstrates both points that we just made, that um, Jesus got the whole inheritance from God. 
and he's not having to split up shares, okay? And because we're co-heirs in that inheritance, we receive the whole inheritance of God, okay? All authority has been given to Jesus. Now he's giving authority to us. And what was it that was the father's business? So you're supposed to go and make disciples. We're supposed to be spreading the name of Jesus. We're supposed to be spreading the good news. God wants us to pick up Jesus's ministry where he left off, declaring the good news of reconciliation to God, to everyone that we meet, to every person on earth. That's our job. Okay, and it's going to look a little different based on who we are, right? Okay, um, I personally, I talk a lot. <laughs> so, so <laughs> who knew someone could ever, like, you know, make a career off, off of talking a lot, but I do. Okay, so I talk a lot. So what am I going to spend a lot of time doing? I'm going to be spreading the word of Jesus with my mouth, right? I'm going to be... Uh, you know, doing shows or, or, or preaching or teaching or sharing personally one-on-one, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's got a different gift and a different talent. And so it may not always look like you're a street preacher or, or radio show host, um, but spreading the word all the same is our job, okay? As a side note, um, I've been struggling this year, and I want to – I'm checking my notes because I want to make sure I'm not saying something that I already wrote down. Um, I was struggling this year um, thinking about how difficult things can be and how we can go through uh, pain and suffering long-term. Um, and, and I truly believe that God wants to see everyone healed and everyone um, to experience uh, peace and prosperity in their life. Um, I also truly know by looking that that doesn't always happen. Okay. <laughs> and my my question was, well, why? Why doesn't that always happen? And um, there is a certain aspect of being about God's business and understanding that um, there are times where our affliction can bring about the the kingdom business, that family business, uh, more adequately than us being free from affliction. And at what point in maturity am I going to say I'm I am okay to be afflicted with whatever? It, it brings about the opportunity to bring more people to Christ and to fill God's kingdom with more people. I'm willing. I think it's important to clarify, though, just so that all of the bases are covered, that it, God's desire is to heal. Yeah, absolutely. Just to, like, make that crystal. like that. Right, right, right. And, and, and to say that I don't, like, okay, look. Because no. there's some people that it's like, oh, well, God doesn't want to heal you. It's, no. No. No, 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 no. It's not because God doesn't want to heal you, and it does, it's not because you're not as special as someone else. Okay. I have friends who've been healed. I have friends who have not been healed. I have friends who are still here, and I have friends who've passed away in the last, you know, couple of years. It's been a crazy couple of years, right? Um, our, our denomination just lost Pastor Jack Hayford, one of the most amazing voices uh, for God in the last century. Um, that's, a, that's a hard loss, Okay. But whatever affliction he may have had, he is 100% healed in heaven. Okay? Remember, this is all just temporary, what we're dealing with. And as difficult as it can be to deal with something temporary, um, there, there are times where I see that people are not necessarily healed in the way that they would want to be right away or immediately. And then I think to myself, 
would I ever be in a place where I would go, if I'm not healed of this, I'm okay with that because it, it can bring more glory to God. Um, and then there are other times where I go, I, I know God intends to heal everyone 100%. So we pray with full faith, knowing that God wants to heal everyone. Um, and then in our personal lives, we go, God, whatever brings you glory right now, I'm willing. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, before Jesus came to earth, he enjoyed perfect unity with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and he enjoyed the fullness of his divine nature and perfect communion with and abiding with God. Um, and in order for Jesus to complete his earthly mission, he had to do three things, and these three things are very reflective of what we have to do, okay? So the first one is that he had to relinquish some of his power and uniqueness that came along with being divine. Um, can you pull up uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8? Um, so some examples of things that he emptied out were things like omniscience. Um, we know that while he was on earth, he didn't know everything. He says he didn't know everything. Go ahead with the verse. Two, five through eight? Uh, two, five through eight, yes. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Mm-hmm. So, so um, he, he didn't know everything when he was on earth, right? Um, but we can assume from that verse that he did know everything. Like when he said, who touched me? Right. That, that he wasn't like, it, it wasn't like he was playing with a toddler. Who touched me? Like, okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, right. Um, or when he says that, uh, the son of man doesn't know the date or the hour of his return. Like he really didn't know. Um, he wasn't playing some game with us. Okay. Uh, he also, obviously he couldn't be omnipresent if he was in the body of Jesus. Right. So he had to give up the ability to be everywhere at once. Think about Lazarus. Lazarus died because Jesus wasn't there because he couldn't be everywhere all at once, right? Now, of course, he had a fix for that. <laughs> um, we re- for us, we have something to relinquish as well. Um, he relinquished his divine nature to some extent, and we relinquish the ability to be lords of our own life. Uh, we're born into this natural state where we can rule ourselves and do everything as we please. But when we become children of God and become part of God's family, um, then then God becomes in charge. Just like when we become a part of a family, our, our father um, and our mother, they, they help to guide and dictate our lives until we're out on our own, right? Does that make sense? So cross is like, oh, man. Oh, Pongo's knocking on the door with his nose. Yeah. Okay. I have my dog is outside the door today, and he's uh, everyone's in here, so he's wishing he was here. Uh, secondly, he decided to submit his life to God's authority. We see this in John five, uh, verses nineteen through twenty. Let me see if I can get there real quick because I have to have mine out, and I think poor Mariah's cold. <laughs> She's snuggling up under a blanket here because we do this in my bedroom, okay? Let's see here. Oh, and Caitlin says it's freezing too. 
Is it freezing? Cross if you want to cross again, you can. Okay, so five, 19 through 20. Um, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all the all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the father raises, I think that's where I stopped, raises the dead. Yeah, I mean, okay. So and we know we know that, you know, the father raises the dead and Jesus therefore raised the dead, right? Um, and remember, all authority is given to us, so we can expect to see great miracles happen, but those great miracles happen as we are submitted to God's authority and under his command only, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like Jesus submitted to God, the Father, as his great authority, we then have to submit to Jesus and God the Father as our great authority. Um, and then the third thing is that he used his life to fulfill God's will and plan. Um, let's look at Luke 22. Can you get it up quicker than I can? Luke 22, verse 42. Um, and we're going to consider the Garden of Gethsemane for just a minute. Uh, that's 42. Go ahead. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Um, so that whole key word, I want your will to be done, not mine, um, for us, that looks like us denying the flesh in order to do God's will. Um, the Bible calls this crucifying the flesh, okay? And that's really where that suffering comes in because that was Christ's great suffering, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was to follow God's will even though he knew it was going to allow um, sinful men to act upon him in a way that was going to produce suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's not that God's calling us to a life of suffering and Hades while we're here. Um, it's that we just know that by following God's will and denying our flesh, well, denying our flesh is its own level of suffering, but that sometimes um, that's not going to be well received by the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, God blesses us. Um, this is where Jesus' suffering comes from. He surrenders his comfort, his safety and status so that you can have it. He surrenders doing things his way so that you can receive what God wants to give you. And he gave up his life as a living sacrifice to God's plan to make you a part of his family. Um, do you want to pull up Romans 12, 1 through 2 real quick? And we're, and we're almost done. Let me get to hear Allie's story. Yes. Well, of course, <laughs> first, but yes. Then yeah. Allie's story. Okay. What is it? Romans 12, 1 through 2. Got it. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Right. So living sacrifices will live out the will and plan of our Father, not our own plan. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice right there. Our great object should be to know God's will and to do his will, which surely looks different from ours. 
the world will not look with kindness upon the lack of conformity of believers, and we can expect to be scorned and ridiculed and even hurt for our commitment to the Father. But as we suffer well with Jesus, we will also be glorified with him. Praise mm-hmm. God. So do we feel a little bit more comfortable with the concept of suffering? No. No? <laughs> no? You feel it's any better so about scary. it? It's still a little bit crazy, but it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, but, but it's not God causing us pain and suffering and awfulness and stuff like that. It's really just this is the state of the world, um, but we're being added into the family of God, and we can't expect better than what Jesus had, can we? And it is temporary. It is very temporary because the glory of God is everlasting and amazing. So um, with that, yay, let's go to break and we'll talk about some happier things uh, with Allie. (laughs) So um, we'll be back in just a few minutes as we cut to commercial now. Hey, Freedomist Proof here. Just want to let everybody know that I have a trusted source for EMF protection. So you can block out this 5G possibly from your cell phone or any other electronic devices. Go to groundwithgia.com and please check out the selection of products that you might need to help filter out all this electronic garbage that's going to get into your house and to your life. So most of us have cell phones except for me. You're going to want to protect yourself. We all have Wi-Fi, and you definitely want to do something about this. Please check it out, groundwithgia.com. That's groundwithgia.com. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. All right, well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. Your host, Felicia DeRozier, in case you're just joining us. My amazing co-host, Mariah. Oh, Caitlin's here, but um, she's, a little, she's a little shy, so she doesn't always speak up. And then we've got our amazing guest speaker today. Her name is Allie Prince. Um, she is 
a budding uh, author, and she is anointed by God and has this amazing, amazing testimony and journey that God's given her to share with the world. And I just am so excited to hear what she has to say today. So, Allie, I'm going to turn this part of the show over to you a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your story about how God caught you and uh, what he's doing with your life and, and how you've gotten there, your journey? For sure. Uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, I was <laughs> I was raised in the church, so I've been exposed to God my whole life. Um, I really found God when I was four years old. We were uh, me and my family were living in a not so great situation, and that's when I first kind of experienced God, but it was a long time after that that I really started understanding God's love for me and just how desperately he wanted me and wanted to be in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, for the story correctly, it's it's a fish, right? That's how it was <laughs> yeah. when you were a child? Yeah, I was super. <laughs> I was super in love with animals, um, and I was just sitting by myself thinking about how much I loved fish, and I just I kind of realized that like fish are like so tiny compared to us, and if I loved that fish that much, how much more did God love me, and how much infinitely bigger was God than me, and I mean, for a four-year-old, that's, you know, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> that's a pretty um, deep thought for a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking back, it's like, wow, wow, you really <laughs> you really had a lot of deep thoughts. But how incredible the um, faith of a child, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, from there, it got, I would say it got a little difficult to continue that uh, childlike faith. <laughs> um, I went through a period of my life where I thought that I was broken at my core. I experienced some um, traumatic things, and I I just really felt that, like, nobody, if they really knew who I was, would be able to love me. I thought I was just so desperately and irredeemably unlovable. and I lived believing that way until I was about uh, probably 18, so not that mm-hmm. long ago. <laughs> um, right. And I, I just remember I was so done living that way, and I was so done believing that I was worthless and garbage and just like the scum of the earth, and I cried out to God to change my life, and he really really did <laughs> in ways that I did not even, I could not even begin to picture at that time. Amazing. So t- tell us a little bit more. Um, where do you feel like that feeling uh, came from of feeling broken? Mm. That is a good question. Um Ever since I was young, I've had, like, a lot of medical issues. Um, I experienced severe chronic pain from probably 
eight to 10 years old was when I first started experiencing that in my lower back. Um, My mom took me to many, many different doctors and each one couldn't figure out why I was in pain and ended up telling me that I was making up my pain for attention. And that caused a whole slew of lies that the enemy was able to sew deep into deep into the fabric of my being almost (laughs) where I just, right. I stopped talking about my pain and I stopped talking about what was going on in my heart. And so there was that. I also experienced some uh, severe bullying growing up that just supported this idea that I was unlovable and that was an unchangeable reality. Um, Mm -hmm. That's definitely definitely where it all started (laughs) yeah no and 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 that's true so i and i think that it's the case that like bullies are not a thing that that is new to this generation they've always been around Mm -hmm. um but i think that the the big problem is that a lot of times uh satan's to line things up so that uh the bullying supports a truth that uh, a, a, a a truth that we've accepted that's really a lie that he's been planting yeah. in our life. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's when the when the bullying supports what we're already believing, where that that's mm-hmm. when life kind of starts apart for us, right? Yeah. And what, what changed? <laughs> what, what changed well, when you were 18? So my parents had a really radical experience with God, something that I had absolutely never seen before. They participated in this weekend retreat that my church in Vegas holds called Pure Heart. And my dad went and he came back a completely different person. I almost didn't recognize him. He looked so filled with light and he was talking about Jesus in a way that I had never heard him talk before. And he was seeking me out and asking me questions about God that he had never asked me before. And that was pretty, pretty funky to experience and to see your parent change like that. And then a month later, my mom went through and her change was even more radical than before. Mm-hmm. We, we had no idea that there was even necessarily a problem in how we were living our life before that change happened. Like we were Christian, we went to church every Sunday, but we didn't necessarily mm-hmm. question about what we were reading. And we didn't, I didn't at least ask my mom or dad questions about the Bible and they didn't ask me questions about the Bible before that moment. And Mm -hmm. to see your parents change in such a way, really, especially like right as you're reaching adulthood really shakes the foundation of what you believe. And like it, it opened up to me that there could be another way. My mom went from, I mean, she was a great mom growing up. Do not get me wrong. I love my mom so much. She's an amazing woman. But um, she I was mom so much. She's awesome. Right? <laughs> she was she was more critical before she went through this pure heart experience, and she came back, and there was just so much light and love and acceptance. And it wasn't that she was a bad mom before, or that she was, you know, she did anything wrong before. But this was just so there was so much added to her now that it was just radical to see. I, I even it was so jarring that my older sister and I, we met in the laundry room. We had like a little private meeting. We were like, what is up with mom? Like, what, who is this? What is going on? (laughs) Do you see what I see? Like we had a whole like 
<laughs> talk about what was going on. And that was what really right. started showing me that, huh, maybe what I've been living like, there maybe there can be something different, especially because my dad at that point started pursuing me and saying, hey, you should, like, you should go through pure heart and you should ask God these questions and you should bring God your pain, you know, a concept that I had absolutely no idea of before. And especially because of all of the doctors that told me I was making up my pain when I was young, I was like, what pain? I'm not in pain, dad. You're crazy. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And there's a big difference. I think um, when we move from work, I, I had trouble with this too. Um, Allie, like when I first became a Christian, I was, I was a college student and my, and I I valued being smart. Okay. Like that's what Mm -hmm. you do when you're in college, you value being smart. Right. And so I, I became a Christian, um, but I spent the first several years of my faith walk learning about God intellectually. And there's a whole Mm -hmm. different level learning and teaching and describing God intellectually and through discipline and practice versus knowing God and pursuing a deeply loving relationship with him. Exactly. It's the difference between describing scrumptious, like cinnamon dripping apple pie and actually eating the pie. (laughs) So now we need to go to the bakery so so you did go to pure heart didn't you i did yeah so my dad actually ended up he did what i call pure heart uh 1.0 with me (laughs) basically he he ran what happens in a pure heart weekend where you kind of like bring your god bring your pain to god Um, with me privately and that was when I had my first um, real I would say my first or I guess my second big encounter with God um, in that prayer time that we had before it's like I had heard God and I like sometimes knew when God was speaking to me but I genuinely thought that God was only supposed to talk to you like when it was really important like like people are gonna die if he doesn't speak to you type important like, and that was all that I had experienced of God up until that point. And this prayer, there was, like, such radical things happened in this prayer because we had, like, my painful memory that I was bringing to God. And we started praying. And I'm I'm upset because I have to talk about my pain, and I don't like talking about my pain, and I'm reliving my pain, and I'm just angry at this point. (laughs) And so we start the prayer, and up until this point, I hadn't had a moment of relief from the chronic pain that I started experiencing as a child. It was always there. It was always present. We started praying, and suddenly I felt my whole body go numb. I wasn't in pain. I couldn't even feel my dad's hand in my hand. And I just felt like I was spinning, like, head over heels in this, like, vast void. And there was just, like, utter darkness around me. And I knew in my head and in my heart that I was floating in the presence of God. But it was so dark. And it felt like somebody was covering my eyes to that light that God gives. And 
it was mm-hmm. absolutely silent. And I just kind of cried out. I was like, okay, God, like, this is it. This is when you speak to me, or this is when I am very, very mad at you. <laughs> I'm like, this is just <laughs> the fork in the road moment, God. I was like, I need you to talk to me. And mm-hmm. I remember it was just this, like, quiet whisper that I heard in the back of my ears. It was just, I heard God say, I love you. And I was like, that's not good enough for me. I've heard that a thousand times in church. I know that's true. You love me or whatever. I need more than that. And God, ever in his patience with my fast, was quiet for a moment. And then I felt him lean in. And he said, and you are worthy of that love. And then I was back. And I could, like, I could feel the couch. And I could feel my dad's hand. And I could feel the pain that I was in. And that was just to hear those words, that's not something that at that point in time I would have said about myself, that I was worthy of God's love, that he wanted me to feel his love. Right. It was just, that was the moment that everything changed for me. Amazing. And what did that look like? What did that everything change for you look like? From there, it was like, when you feel something like that and when you hear something like that, you have to keep searching like, for more of it. I was so drawn to more of God. I'm like, if this is actually God and not the God who I had been believing in, which is the God of I love you, but I don't like you very much. If God actually liked me and loved me, that changed everything. That changed how you wake up in the morning. That would change how you got breakfast. That would change how you went to work. That would It changes how you interact with everybody around you and from there I started really just searching and seeking out God and as I sought him and searched him out he shows up every single time right 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 and and shows up in not the not the way that you expect the way that you expect is to show up in discipline and and correction and while there is that mm-hmm. it is wrapped in a, a sweet adoration uh, for you oh, and a yeah. commitment to to bring you to a, a place where where you glorify him everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's like I didn't whole... realize before like how sassy God can be, especially with me. He <laughs> he takes my sass that I like give him and he gives it back tenfold. But that's exactly what I need to hear because he speaks to me in the way that I need to hear it. You know, I know other people. He's very gentle with them in everything that he says, or he's really blunt because they're like, cut the crap, give it to me straight. He's like, all right, here you go. You know, he always, always meets you where you are. And something that I've really understood since meeting Allie um, and getting to really commune with her um, after this point in life was – I knew that God spoke to us, but I was also in the same boat as Allie where it's like God only spoke to you when it was important kind of thing. Mm. But when I really got closer with Allie, I had realized that God spoke to her in a way like he liked talking to her. Right. It wasn't just a, this is important. It's, hey, how you doing? It's been a while. Let's hang out. And it was when she would share her stories <laughs> and I was like, oh, gosh. I wish God spoke to me like that, and it was, and He does. Right. But after hearing her stories, it wasn't. It, it again, it was God likes talking to Allie. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, she's so cool. Even guys. I, mean, I, I, I <laughs> and he likes talking to you about stuff that like doesn't even matter too. Like you'll just be chilling and vibing, and then suddenly he's just like, "Hey, here's this bit of information I just wanted to tell you." I. It's just so radical. Like, <laughs> right? I, as as Mariah was describing that, I was kind of thinking to myself that my entire parenting style must have really thrown her for a loop because an awful lot of times I just knew stuff. Oh, yeah, it wasn't fair. <laughs> she knew who I had a crush on before I did. God likes to talk to me, too. <laughs> so then, really quick, I, I don't want to run out of time, but now she is stepping into her calling. She is paving this blazing path, like I'm going to see fire coming out of her pen um, kind of thing. Um, I want to know how that got started how did you know like sure like what does this look like now right but really like Mm -hmm. how did you know this is your calling after all of the things you've been through and all of the things that have happened since stepping out in that calling Mm. well i can tell you that hasn't been easy it's very true that suffering comes (laughs) yeah you know i think it's what it's been only five years since i had that prayer experience uh, that first or the second initial prayer experience with God when I was 18. Um, mm-hmm. Just life, like, I mean, it comes at you, and you have to, you have to think: Are you going to go through the turns like with God, or are you going to go through them like you've always gone through them? And it's a decision that you have to make. I mean, as far as my calling now, God definitely had to convince me of it. <laughs> I was, I was. You know, I I believed God liked me, but I didn't really like myself still. And he had mm-hmm. to really work on the way that I thought about myself. So that was, like, the first step. He He's really used, like, the – I don't know if you guys participated where you get, like, one word. You ask God for a word for a year, and then that's the word that you kind of, like, focus on throughout the next year. Um, right. My word in, in – I believe it was 2018 – uh, was honest because I had to start being honest with myself about the pain that I felt and how I viewed myself. And that was, that was a tough one. I did not like that word at all. <laughs> um, and from there, he steadily worked me up to, okay, well, maybe I, maybe he's called me to do what I actually enjoy. You know, maybe he's called me to pursue this passion of mine and maybe I am actually God gifted in this area and something that I, I should maybe look into. <laughs> um, right. From there, I, especially this last year, I had decided my word for 2020, God told me was purpose. And that was the year that he really showed me he wanted me to write and to pursue that. And then in 2021, my word was care because the medical issues that I'd had were kind of all came to a head. So, or actually, no, 2022, sorry. Um, what year is it? That's the question. <laughs> um, so last year, 2022, my, year, my word was care. And all of the medical issues that I had kind of came to a head. I got to a really dangerous point. Um, where we were all quite worried (laughs) 
about uh, my health. I had to quit both my jobs. I wasn't able to stand, sit, sleep, walk without pain, um, and my heart started swelling. I was having – it was a really rough time. Not great. (laughs) Um, I was basically bedridden, and I thought – well, God wants me to be a writer. It's a good thing that's not a really active job. I can write from my bed. Um, and I thought, mm-hmm. well, I should start, you know, pushing into this and with this time that I have now that I'm not working. Um, I should start learning about, you know, writing and seeing if I can improve in this area. And so I signed up for a online webinar through this really cool site site called Story Embers. They have this summit that they do yearly that teaches young Christian writers like the basics of writing and, and cool things about writing. So definitely check them out. Um, and people and the school that I go to now, the School of Kingdom Writers, um, was supporting them and in that summit. And that was when I first heard about the school. Uh, the person leading the summit said, oh, and, you know, we're being supported by the School of Kingdom Writers. And then I felt that little push on my heart, you know, when God's like, hey, I want you to check something out. And I was like, oh, no, this is this is going to be radical, isn't it? And so I, like, looked it up. It was in Ohio. I was like, God, I, I can't go to Ohio. Like, I'm literally right. bedridden right now. I can't go to Ohio. And he was like, why? And I was like, you see where I am. I can't go. And he was like, okay just submit an application. If my answer is no, and I don't want you to go to the school, you'll be denied. And I was like, okay. So I submitted an application and I had a scheduled interview uh, with the director of the school 12 hours later. And a week later we had the interview. And a week after that I was accepted. And I was like, okay, obviously God wants me to go to Ohio. I can't say no to that. So I guess we're just going to deal with these medical issues up in Ohio and that's what that's just what we're going to have to do and so I stepped out in faith I said yes to the school I put my deposit down and the day that I put my deposit down was the last day that I experienced any of the effects of my medical issues I from that day on I was able to walk run my pain decreased I started losing a bunch of weight that I had gained I was healthy for the first time in 10 years, and I have mm-hmm. been since then. That was back in June. Which and that's <laughs> if you were waiting for a sign that God wanted you to go ahead and pursue that school, that was it, right? Uh, oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I don't think he could have been any clearer with me. <laughs> right, 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 right. You're like, I have all these obstacles. He's like, oh, let me take care of that for you. And it, and it exactly. Does. It kind of with that whole thing you were talking about, the premise of promise. Yes. Yeah. And and it's interesting when you look in the Bible, the only promise, really the only major promise that doesn't have a premise to it um, is after the flood, mm-hmm. after the great flood of Noah, um, then he says he'll never flood the earth again. Everything else has mm-hmm. a premise. You do this, I do this. You do this, I do this. Um, and even if you think about uh, when – when Israel went into the promised land, and this is your promised land, you're walking into God's destiny for you. Um, when Joshua brought them over the River Jordan, they had to actually go and 
step into the River Jordan before he cleared the way. It wasn't like the Red Sea. He didn't mm. split it before them. They had to go stand in the river, and they had to take that, what we call a step of faith. That's really where that comes from, is they had to take a step of faith into the Roaring River, and then he cleared the river away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Talking about uh, promises without a premise, what about uh, the one in the beginning of the Bible, uh, where after Adam and Eve sinned, uh, when uh, he told them that um, there would one day be a human who would just uh, strike the snake while being struck by it? That's a, that's a really, really good example. So the premise of it was that his begotten son had to be willing to sacrifice himself for us, but he already knew that he was, and they had already agreed to this plan. In order for us to benefit from that, what do we have to do? We have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and make him Lord of our lives. Mm-hmm. So there's still a promise premise there. Mm-hmm. That was a very good point. So... Um, I think I, we have commercials. I was about to say, I, I want to hear um, more about how we can uh, follow your progress and um, see your current projects and things, but let's talk about that when we return from commercial break, and then we'll open up for some question and answers. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. All right. Well, then we'll see you in about three minutes. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High-quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same. It's not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door like, but what you, why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say something. Or they quote the myth 
and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. We all know that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. All right, and welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRozier. Just on that clip. Just on that clip. <laughs> you hear my voice a lot while we're here. Uh, I've got my amazing co-host with me. Mariah. Uh, we, we've got Caitlin, who's giving us a thumbs up. She might let her voice be heard someday. And then we've got our amazing guest, Allie Prince, who has been telling us about her testimony. If you missed that, you're going to want to catch that on the podcast rerun. Um, I was in tears. Yes, yes. She's amazing. (laughs) Now, before we head into our question and answer, and I will give out our phone number for you guys to call in if you'd like. Um, Allie, just a couple more things. We wanted to hear a little bit about um, some of the powerful things that God's been doing in your life since you've been, I believe it's Kingdom Writers. Is that right? Yeah, the School of Kingdom Writers. All right. So uh, what kind of powerful things has he done while you were there? He has totally and radically just changed how I view him in ways that I couldn't even begin. It's so, as a writer, it's hard to describe. Like, <laughs> he has placed, certain people in my life that have just absolutely challenged me in the ways that I needed to be challenged, like my mentor who runs the school and my amazing, my amazing roommate and classmates. They have such, they have such good questions that they ask and that they look at you and they're like, so what do you believe on this? And And I'm not used to having to come up with an opinion so fast and they don't take, Oh, I don't really have an opinion because they know I do. So I'll like, they'll ask me my opinion on something and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And then there's like five seconds of silence and they're like, yeah, you do. You just don't want to share. And they just totally pull me out of my comfort zone and the way that God has called them to pull me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's good to have friends like that. Can you think of a, 
specific time when you felt God's hand on you during this uh, time? It must be hard. You have um, a family of siblings. Uh, you have your your natural siblings. There's some adoptive siblings mm-hmm. in your family, your mom and your dad. And, and suddenly you go from being in this big family dynamic to being out on your own. Um, have you felt God's hand specifically in a way that has been moving for you? Oh, definitely. Um, especially coming from a family of the size that I come from, uh, God has really been putting on my heart recently just, like, responsibility. You know, I, growing up especially, I'm the third eldest of ten, you have a lot of responsibility, you know, cooking, cleaning, laundry, getting kids places when you're able to drive, uh, watching kids, you know, all of that stuff that comes with being in a big family. And then suddenly, very, very suddenly, it was just me. And I had no idea what to do with all of the time that I suddenly had. And I missed it. You know, it was easy being in a big family because that's what I knew. And God has been so gracious to me and just gently putting his hands on my shoulders and pulling me from what I have chosen as my responsibility and what other people have put on me as my responsibility and showing me, no, that's not the responsibility that God has given me. He has given me a different job and a different responsibility for this time. And it's okay. I'm not dropping the ball because I'm not there. He has literally called me to something else, and it's not what he expects of me anymore. That's amazing. Well said. Um, So I wanted to, before we move into question and answers, I want people to be able to follow you on your journey and to find your new projects and I've read it and it is absolutely life-changing, dynamic, and amazing. Um, can you tell our, our listeners where they can find you? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to be launching a website soon. It's not quite up there yet, but of what that website is on my Instagram page, Allie Prince Author. And, and is so it you can follow me on Allie, Allie Prince Author. Ali, A-L-L-I, the right way. <laughs> oh, right way, the correct way. Got it, Ali. Perfect. Yes. Okay, so that, that one more time was Instagram, Ali Prince author. Yes. Okay. One word. Uh, one word. Excellent. Well, um, if you want to, you can text message that to Mariah and to me, and we'll put it um, up for you on our um, on our site, I'll, I manage the Facebook page. She does the Instagram, so that anyone who has gotten to hear you will be able to find you. Okay. 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 And at this point, I would like to give out our guest call-in number. Uh, we don't always get guest call-ins, but we would love to hear from you. Also, just so you know, the chat room is open. If you have any questions or want to answer any of our questions to our Bible study, you are free to type that into the chat, and I would be happy to read that on air for you if you happen to be a little shy. Um, our guest call in today, 319, sorry, 319-527-6208. Please press 1, and that will indicate that you want to be on air with us. That's 319-527-6208. Um, our first question Uh, We talked about how a marriage would look like without oneness of purpose. 
Um, guys, how important do you think the concept of oneness in our relationship with God is? <laughs> Caitlin's giving us a thumbs up. It's apparently pretty important. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I think the cross is giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> I think it's important for sure. Um, especially because you're not living for yourself. You're living for Christ now. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to live for somebody, you got to be pretty intimate with them and know what they, um, what they're about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, actually in my small group, the pastor was talking about like the importance of marriage. And when we put on our armor, like David, when he put on Saul's armor, it wasn't a good fit for him. And because it wasn't a good fit, he couldn't move and he couldn't fight in battle. It was extra weight and it's dangerous fighting mm-hmm. with extra weight. You can get hurt and then you're not fit for battle. It was right. a burden for and him. It, w- it was a burden. And so it was an expectation put on him by the king, not by the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. And so when we are married, if my husband is still wearing his bachelor armor, or if I'm still wearing my single ladies armor, um, it's not going to fit purpose of the new position I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's going, it's ill fitting. It doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not only going to hurt myself, but I'm going to hurt my marriage as well. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I am married, I put on my wifely armor, which sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and um, my husband, <laughs> I'm getting visuals. I'm getting visuals. My husband would put on his husband, husbandly armor. And <laughs> what, and I guess the big question then is for those who are going to get married, what kind of armor does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that are stepping into their Christian walk, we are the bride of Christ. Right. What kind of armor does that look like? It's not just the uh, breast, it's the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the salvation headpiece, yes. all of that okay. stuff. There's a um, whole description of that. There is. And so how are you going to walk in it? Uh, because this is new armor. you got to be familiar with your new piece of armor in order to function correctly and survive. Right, right. And and Caitlin wanted to share that this is a huge deal in your walk, like it should really matter. Um, now, I, I'm going to say this, is that I, I'm feeling a little bit of conviction here, so I'm going to throw this out here, but I want to keep it tight because I want to make sure Allie gets a chance to comment, and we've got a couple other questions to go through, but... Um, as a parent, this is a super hard thing that we struggle with because, like, I am torn with the way I was raised and the way society is. How many times do we ask our kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are your plans? What do you want to be when you grow up? But as a Christian parent, I know I really need to be guiding you in saying, press into what God has for you. Press into his calling. Mm -hmm. Know what he wants you to be when you grow up. And I, I got to tell you, like, I struggle with this, um, and I know many other Christian parents do. Uh, it can be very difficult to look at your kids and go, man, you know, I, I'm really glad that you have dreams. I really want you to be what God wants you to be. And he's going to give you dreams and desires, you know, but make sure they're in line with his will. Um, that can be a really tough place to be in. And now I'll back off a little bit and let Allie comment on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And that's actually something that we're pushing in on in this school right now and some of the curriculum that we're reading. We're looking at this concept of like God. So let's say that, you know, your life is a house, right? 
and God is the owner of the house and you're renting from him. He's not going to just come in to your house and come into every room and go through all of your stuff. You have to invite him into each room in your house. And it's like, what rooms are you holding back from God? You know, what rooms are keeping you from that oneness in your relationship with him? Girl, that's a whole word. <laughs> I don't like that. That's a word. I know really convicting. <laughs> right? Thanks. Now I know what I'll be studying about this week. Um, okay, so let's, 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 let's grab another question. Um, what gifts or talents do you have to use for God's will? Um, obviously, I think I know your answer to that, Allie, so I'm going to throw it at you first because I think that you're ready for that question. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like I'm obligated to stay writing at this point. <laughs> Um, yes I would say definitely writing and then just like I mean just taking taking every twist and turn with stride you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what I would say what about you Mariah (laughs) I'm Say no to the guest. I'm the co-host. You can't be throwing me under the bus like that. Um, what gifts or sorry, I need to look at the question again. What gifts or talents do you have to use for God's will? What gifts or talents do I have to use for God's will? Um, that that is a tricky one because I am my biggest critic. So what I think I'm good at, I can easily debunk in the next sentence. Be like, oh, I'm good at this, but here's here's the counter offer um but i think right now what i'm pretty good at is just sitting down with a person and kind of like i don't know look look closer to a degree i i still struggle with looking through my fleshly eyes but i'm really working Mm -hmm. on trying to look at people through god's eyes and kind of probe the spot that needs to be touched a little bit mm-hmm. um and just really sitting in the presence of that person and god's presence and just letting things roll if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and oh, also yeah. teaching i, I definitely say that. that's my gift is teaching i want to teach um not at a school unfortunately i don't have that much patience but i really <laughs> want to teach um god's word and god's purpose for a person's individual lives and being like so this is what I think is kind of going on. Here's the word I kind of have for you. Check this out. See if this applies. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. 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 So teaching gifts and talents and, and learning to love people well. Yes. I'm still learning that one. (laughs) I really, I really feel like you taught me that one. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, it's it's nothing to apologize for. Um, But, but I do think that like, if I had to get down to like one thing, um, you know, like I, I speak well, that's something that I've, I've, you know, brought to, I've trained, okay? But um, the thing that God trained in me is, is to learn to love people well and to see them. You do a really good job of it. So, oh, God bless you. Thank mm-hmm. you. That, that was God. He, he developed that in me. <laughs> I did not start <laughs> out that way. <laughs> and you are definitely a part of his plan to teach me to see people in the uniqueness and beauty he created everyone in and as the treasures that they are 
um, and to be able to see their gifts and their talents and to be able to see their flaws without being offended by their flaws but um, we're gonna have to sit down after the show and discuss that because i i'm 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 struggling with that right now so i don't know how i managed to teach you any of that but thanks it it, it all has to be with being a mom someday Uh, okay uh cross do you have any uh gifts or talents that you think the lord would like to use i think you're just brilliant can i just can i encourage you for just a minute is that i think that you're brilliant and I see that you are a master at handling God's word and that he um, has taught you to be able to understand that the academics and application of his word in a way that young men your age usually don't. So I would just say that um, you, are, you are very friendly. Um, you have a wonderful gift for speaking, but you really have a good gift for the interpretation of God's word, and that's amazing to me. So I want to encourage Allie. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Allie (laughs) is so creative and so well-versed in where she's at, where God is placing in her life. And she is really just an inspiration. When you sit in the room with her, you just can't help but be inspired. And um, I truly adore her so much. When she talks about Jesus, you know that she means what she says and that it's a for real thing. She's not just making it up to, like, elevate anybody or feel good. When she says something, you know she means it. And um, She says she says what she means. Exactly, and she walks by it, too. Um, And she is such an encourager. Um, I, I brag about her all the time whenever people are like, do you have someone that you can go pray to? I'm like, I got Allie. She's my girl. Um, I called her all the time when I was in France. I was like, Allie, I can't do this. And she's like, yes, you can. She is absolutely <laughs> an incredible woman. And I, I, when I grow up, I want to be like her. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna to put, put this up. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's fine. Even Jesus wept. That's true. We did. We did indeed. Oh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out here just, just so you guys know. I'm not ignoring my other child. I adore her. But I think that if I went into all sorts of details about um, her gifts and talents, um, I think that she would literally die where she's sitting. She's, just she's sweet. so kind-hearted. And she just genuinely yeah, she's tries. Her... Oh, she's, she's turning red right she's now. She's got an she's amazing sense of fashion. Yes, she, she does. That's true. She does. <laughs> that she does. Time, so, and, and I don't only say that because she got some of my clothes that I left behind. I say that even like before that. She, I was always like, wow, she's so put together. She mm-hmm. is so sweet and so put together and so darling and truly one of the one of the best friends <laughs> I've ever seen. Friend, she's yes. thoughtful. So I'll stop picking and, on her because I think she's going to die. And she truly knows how to have fun. That's the best thing. Oh, that's such a nice Aww. comment from her little brother who gets to hang out with her all the time. That's so sweet. And I'm like, now she's dying. Yeah, now I'm like tearing up because they're so sweet to each other. Okay. So um, just real quick, we've got like three more minutes. So I think we all know the answer to this. What is God's will for the world and our lives broadly? to gather as many people into his family as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, amen. so we're just supposed to, yeah, let's, like, amen, let's go find as many people as we can. 
Um, and then um, lastly, are there any areas of our lives that need to be surrendered to God's will? Which um, room in your rented house room? do you need to get? <laughs> Thank you, Allie. Which room in your house have you not opened up? Might be time to open up that closet and clean it out. Might be time, you know, the guest room, you know, the sitting room that no one's allowed to be in. <laughs> You know, we don't have one of those, but somebody has one of those. Um, It's time to let Jesus into all the rooms. And as an encouragement, because Mm -hmm. my knee-jerk reaction is, it's messy. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want him to see it. It's not that bad when he sees it. There is no judgment. Oh, my gosh. I was so much messier than my messier. That's my knee-jerk reaction to, like, the whole house. I'm like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, what were you going to say? He genuinely wants to know. You know, I mean, the verse that really I'm just going to share real quick. First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you, for you. Yeah. He wants to know. He already does know, but he wants to hear it in your voice. We're snapping our fingers. Snapping our fingers on this side. <laughs> I know you can't see it. Oh, but we are lifting you up, Allie, in prayer and um, in praise, and your life is truly a picture and example of God's glory at work in the life of um, a extraordinary but, but normal young lady, and we are so pleased and proud to be a little tiny part, that little tiny, like, fly on the wall watching what God's doing with you. She's my adoration. <laughs> I adore you guys oh, so much, and I am so thankful for God for putting you in my life. Praise God. Absolutely. We're thankful, too. So we're going to um, wrap up now because we're right on the hour, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you to our Dynamos who have gotten to listen to us. Um, and Probably thank- listened after the recording, but it- <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, Lord, for allowing us this time together. And we will see everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.